In this episode, staff writer Arnav predicts the consequences of the Supreme Court overturning affirmative action and interviews Irvington students Srilu and Aparup, as well as Fremont City Councilwoman Jenny Kasson. Affirmative action has received a lot of coverage in the news these days. The controversial policy concerns favoring particular minority groups in sectors with underrepresentation of those groups. These groups include gender minorities, but especially racial minorities. Supporters of the practice argue that it fosters diverse communities with equal representation. It is thought of as a remedy to America's racism in the past. Opponents assert that this is discrimination in new clothing. Regardless, the Supreme Court has found since 1978 that affirmative action is legal for universities in the context of admissions. 44 years later, two cases brought forth the highest court in the country may overturn that precedent. Speaking as to the lawsuits themselves, Students for Fair Admissions, led by a conservative legal matchmaker Edward Bloom, petitioned the Supreme Court in two separate cases challenging affirmative action, one against Harvard University and the other against the University of North Carolina. The petition group is asking the court to find affirmative action unconstitutional. If the court sides with the petitions, American universities will not be able to use race as a factor of admission, having several meaningful consequences for generations. Students for fair admissions have rooted their argument in the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause, which protects the privileges and rights of Americans regardless of demographics. The petitioners have also compared the case to Brown v. Board of Education, a landmark Supreme Court ruling that outlawed discrimination in public schools based on the factor of race. Fair admission contends that by favoring or advantaging a particular group, other groups are, in effect, disadvantaged. The universities, on the other hand, have argued that all rights, including those in the 14th Amendment, have exceptions. Whenever there is a genuine, compelling interest, rights can have exceptions. For example, Americans have First Amendment rights to free speech, but they cannot yell, fire, fire, in a packed movie theater. Why? Because the government has a genuine, compelling reason to restrict such speech. In this case, affirmative action contributes to a diverse student body, which improves educational outcomes. The universities are arguing that this warrants for a genuine, compelling exception to the 14th Amendment. Regardless of the arguments, the fate of the case seems to be sealed. The conservative supermajority on the court has been friendly towards the petitioners during questioning. Given the ideological makeup of this increasingly partisan court, the path to uphold affirmative action as constitutional seems narrow at best, with the most likely outcome being that universities will not be able to use race as a factor when admitting students to their institutions. Given the likely outcome of this case, Irvington's overwhelmingly Asian population would be affected. To understand their opinion on the issue, 
we interviewed students on campus. Hey, my name is Arnav and I'm a staff writer for The Voice and we're running a podcast episode about affirmative action and interviewing students on campus. Can you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Sri Lakshmi Varma and I'm a senior. So what do you know about affirmative action? Affirmative action is kind of the process that different universities and other institutions take to promote diversity on their campuses. So what do you think about it? Do you think that it's a good thing or do you think that it's a bad thing? I think that I'd say I'm pretty 50-50 on affirmative action. Um, It is really good in the way that it promotes diversity, but at the same time, it can reduce opportunities for um, like other groups of students. So it's both good and bad. And how do you think how you are affected by affirmative action plays into your opinion about affirmative action? Um, I'd say that I'm affected by affirmative action in the way that like many of the universities that I'm applying to definitely use affirmative action and it's going to decrease my chances at acceptance. Um, And obviously that kind of makes me view it in a little bit more of a negative light. But then looking at it from a different perspective of promoting diversity, I also agree that it can be a good thing. So, yeah, definitely Mm 50-50. And do you think that this could be a slippery slope if applied to other places of life? Um, Yeah, it definitely could, and it has to be something that's more regulated so that it's implemented fairly into all institutions. All right, thank you. Can you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Apro Paramatinti, and I'm a sophomore. And what do you know about affirmative action? Um, I'm pretty sure affirmative action is when basically it's when you favor like another uh, certain like group of individuals to get into something, for example, you like favor one race to get into college, etc. Right, and what's your opinion about the policy? Um, I don't think it should exist because I feel like in a way it's sort of racism, right? Because you're like favoring one thing over another and I think everyone should be treated equally and everyone should be chosen equally. So I do not think, I do not support affirmative action. Mm-hmm. And. How do you think that you as an Asian are affected by affirmative action in the context of college admission? Um, I think there are, for example, especially for UCs, there are a lot of like Asians applying, which I feel like if there's affirmative action present, they might be favoring other races in these areas where a lot of Asians are present. So I don't think it's fair for us Asians Mm -hmm. when we're applying to these colleges. So I don't think it should Right, but what do you think about the argument that racial diversity leads to better educational outcomes for all students? Uh, I don't think it really, I don't think race matters, right? It's just about the person itself and their personality and how you talk with them. So I don't think just because a person's a different race, there's a better educational outcome. It's just how, it's just the person itself and every single person is different and a race doesn't define them. So I don't think racial diversity leads to any better educational outcomes. Could you speak to us about your background in the law? Sure. So um, I decided to go to law school when I was an undergrad at UC Berkeley and I wasn't totally sure uh, you know, what type of law I wanted to practice, but I did end up going to Yale Law School. um, And a lot of the classes I took were related to civil rights. And those were some of my favorite classes. Um, I took uh, a class about Title VII that I really uh, loved (laughs) and uh, some other classes about civil rights. I also um, 
did a lot of the clinical programs. So I represented clients while I was in law school. And then uh, when I got out of law school, I ended up doing things a, a little bit different from what I expected, which I ended up doing community economic development and um, small business law. Right. And could you speak as to your background in leadership? In leadership? Um, gosh, can you say a little bit more what you mean by that? About your experiences in the Fremont City Council and other elected positions you may have had as a leader in the Fremont community? Sure. Um, yeah, so I I never really did expect to become an elected official, but um, I did become really passionate about some of the things I was seeing in Fremont, some of the concerns I had about um, how things were going in Fremont in terms of who had power, whose voice was being listened to, and whose voice was not being listened to. And so I did decide to run for city council to try to make sure that we really would um, be a city that addressed the needs of all of our community and not just those who have the ability to use their money and um, influence to get their voices heard. So that's why I decided to run for city council and um, I did win. And then I just recently ran for re-election and, and won. Right. And speaking as a leader of a majority Asian city, why do you think affirmative action is legitimate? Or if you think it's illegitimate, why do you think that that's the case? Yeah. So, and of course, the term affirmative action, you know, is just one term for for what we're talking about. And you know, I might call it another term that I might use instead is um, race conscious admissions. And I, I think we are talking about in particular in the context of admissions to higher education. Right. Um, and of course, it could also apply in employment as well. But um, in particular, in the uh, arena of higher education, I think that there's a lot of different interests at play. And one of the really important interests for a, a school is to make sure that the the students at the school are very diverse and represent a lot of different members of the community. And um, because of the history of extreme racism and exploitation that has affected every non-white group, mm -hmm. um, there needs to be if you really want to have a community of students that represents the diversity of the different populations of our, our our nation, we need to pay some attention to race when when making admissions decisions. And this benefits everyone. It doesn't just benefit the students that you know are from the the mm -hmm. the groups that have been traditionally you know victims of racism it re it represents the whole community because everyone gets exposed to more diverse a more diverse population of students and diverse points of view and backgrounds right and that's kind of from a policy perspective so could you speak as to the arguments from a constitutional perspective especially in relation to the 14th amendment's equal protection clause mm. Okay, I am not a constitutional lawyer, but my understanding is that um, there, you know, there's different levels of analysis. So, you know, if you were to admit someone to a school 
based on a quota where you said we have to have X number of students from X race, that would not be considered legal under the Equal Protection Clause. However, um, that's not what is happening. The schools have a very um, multifaceted way of choosing students to admit and race is just one factor and their their interest in having a diverse student body um, and addressing the wrongs of the past is considered sufficiently strong to outweigh any negative impact on, on a, you know, there could be some negative impact on a particular white student. Um, but the int the interest that they're trying to meet by having race conscious admissions are considered, you know, sufficiently important to outweigh any negative impact on any particular student. That's my understanding of the current analysis, of course, with the Supreme Court that we have right now there could certainly be a change in that perspective. Um, but I do think that, you know, colleges have the, have a desire to create the best possible group of students for every class in terms of diversity, different perspectives, remedying past, um, past wrongs. And so I, I hope that they can continue to consider race as one factor in that. Right. So I believe that you're a proponent of affirmative action. So do you think that it's imperfect in any way from a policy or constitutional point of view? I do, to be honest with you. I think um, it bothers me that we have to use this tool that really doesn't address some of the the root causes mm -hmm. of the problem. Um, by the time someone is applying for college, they've already been so affected by the systemic and institutional racism that is part of the history of our country. Um, affirmative action can help some people and can somewhat remedy, you know, some of the problem, but I feel like it's more of a band-aid. I, I would much rather see us address the root problem by um, really looking at the institutional racism that's part of the history of our country and how it continues to affect people and how it is still in place. You know, the, the legacy is still having effects and there's even still institutions that that have that embedded in them. And so I'd rather if we, you know, if we had to choose, I would much rather that we focus on addressing the root causes and helping people at a much, you know, helping people you know, even while they're still in the womb, <laughs> to have a more fair and just uh, life and better outcomes so that by the time they apply for college, um, maybe there isn't such a, a, you know, a need to make up for the extreme level of, of disadvantage that they, they've experienced for their whole childhood and their parents and their parents before them. Mm -hmm. And my last question, now with the conservative supermajority on the court, it seems very likely that the policy will be overturned. What do you think that means for Fremont residents as a council member? Um, that's a good question. Um, you know, we definitely obviously have a lot of um, young people in Fremont that mm -hmm. work very, very hard to get into good schools. Um, you know, depending it's hard to say what the what the impact will be particularly on fremont residents um you know whether it will 
results in more students from Fremont being admitted versus fewer. It's hard to say, but um, I think the, the negative impact is really on the students all over the country who will be attending schools that maybe are less diverse. They'll be exposed to less diverse points of view and backgrounds. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of people who do come from disadvantaged backgrounds and are, you know, have been affected by institutional racism during their lives and their parents' lives and before that, you know, won't get the opportunity to go to college or the colleges of their choice maybe. And, and that'll obviously have a really negative effect on those folks. So I do hate that it is, it has to be, um, so competitive like i wish we had i wish we were a country like so many countries in europe where um higher education is considered a really important part of having a successful country and so it there isn't such a scarcity of excellent schools to attend where it's so competitive and so expensive so i wish we were in a situation where it didn't have to be like you know if one group is is more disadvantaged and another group is, you know, less disadvantaged than, you know, it's kind of a zero sum game. Um, I wish everybody could go to could have an excellent, you know, education it for college and graduate school. But of course, in this country, we don't put as much importance on that. And so there is, um, you know, if you don't get to go to the school of your choice, because of these policies, then it will have a negative effect on you.